Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 37. I am your host, Brittany Crossan. Thank you for being here. I am so excited about today's show. If you've been here before, welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much for coming back again and again and again. And if you are new to the show, welcome to the party. It's really, it's really a good time. (laughs) Also lots of good information, of course, but we're going to have some fun. Um, Okay. I just have a couple of little things to say here real quick, and then we're going to dive right into this interview with my awesome guest because it is long and it is good and it is juicy, packed full of awesomeness. All right. First thing I want to say is straight up just, I hope you're doing okay. All right. 2020, well, you know, it's, you know, so, um, I just, I just always like to mention that I'm just thinking of you guys. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you support. I'm sending you encouragement and joy and hope. Um, there's a reason why if you follow me on social media, you know what I like to share. There's a reason why I share so much of my content that I'm creating on TikTok and having fun with, with these dances and the comedy stuff and just all that I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing extra on purpose. I'm trying to spread some joy and some smiles because I know, especially this year, everybody could use it. So I just want to send you some love. I hope you're doing okay. And, um, we got this, we can get through this. Second of all, I have got to mention the membership. My new membership is open for enrollment. You guys, it's called small biz social society, and it is awesome. (laughs) If I do say so myself. Okay. Here's the deal real quick on the small biz social society. This is a monthly membership for ambitious entrepreneurs, people wanting to make shit happen in their business. If you are in the process of really taking action and you want to take even more action in your business and really amp things up for your business online, this is the membership for you. The small biz social society membership includes monthly training with yours truly, me. Um, Also, monthly appearances by guest experts in online marketing and business world. Okay, so these people are going to visit with us and give us trainings and talks and all kinds of good, valuable information we can use in our businesses every single month. You also have uh, two member spotlights per month. So two members every single month are going to get to be in the spotlight and have a one-on-one session with me, but the whole group gets to witness it. So that way you are getting some one-on-one attention and time to talk about your business and your questions and hear my uh, strategy suggestions for you. But also when it's not your turn, you get to watch and witness this with the other members. So we're all learning from each other as a group. The membership also includes, gosh, a lot of stuff, you guys. It includes a content calendar, digital content that has actually been created for you that you can just like take and use. You can just take it, just take it, use it on social media, using your emails, whatever. It's there for the taking. 
And of course, there is the awesome Facebook community that we are building right now. And you get some of my online courses included. So right now, what's already in there is my course, Social Media Setup Fundamentals. You get that included in the membership. Also, uh, my content creation fundamentals. So you already are getting both of those. And there's just going to be more and more and more added to the membership over time. It's a steal of a deal. It's $28 a month, 28 freaking dollars. That's it. That's it. And get this, you can get your first month for just $8. That's right. You're going to get $20 off of your first month in my membership. You just $8 for the first month with this coupon code. You ready? All right. S-B-S-S, first, F-I-R-S-T. Okay, so it's S-B-S-S-F-I-R-S-T, like Small Business Social Society, first, Okay, you got it? You're going to use that coupon code at checkout. You're going to get $20 off your first month, but you have to use it by July 31st. This is only good for people that sign up in July, and it's not going to be offered again. So again, use coupon code SBSS first, F-I-R-S-T, when you check out for Small Biz Social Society. And to enroll, you just go to smallbizsocialsociety.com. Easy. Okay, that's it for that. Um, I am so excited about this this interview, you guys. Uh, Dave D. Geez, he had so much great value to offer. He is a sales expert. He has a really fascinating background, and he was fun. Plus, he breaks down things in a way that I've never heard before when it comes to sales, when it comes to sales of your products or services, whatever you sell, right? We're all selling something. And he really broke it down in a really unique way and brought up tons of things that I've never even thought of before. It's really, really a great talk. Um, You might even want to get out pen and paper and take some notes. I'm serious. There's that much good stuff in this. So here we go. Next up is my talk with Dave D. So I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. That's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. I hope you love it. Today's guest is a sales expert and the author of Sales Stampede, a book that teaches business owners how to sell more of their products and services through the art and science of virtual selling. He's shared the stage with Shark Tank's Barbara Corcoran, Emmett Smith, and Pendulette to name just a few. He lives in Georgia with his wife and business partner, Karen, practices yoga daily, loves horror movies, and get this, you guys, he's a former magician and mentalist. This is going to be cool. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Dave D. Hey, thank you so much, Brittany. It's awesome to be here. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm excited too. Before we start recording, I told you, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, and side note real quick. My son, my nine-year-old son, is very excited about this, as I'm sure you hear this a lot. When I told him that you were a mentalist, <laughs> he's like, what's that? And I, of course, I use the, well, you know, like a magician. It's like a mind read thing. And man, I mean, he has a magic kit in his closet, so this is a big deal. 
This is a big deal. <laughs> okay, so. Well, that's basically when I got started when I was eight. Believe it or not. Yeah. I'm going to tell him that. Maybe that will inspire him. But finally, one of my podcast guests, no offense to the others, um, fascinates him. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, welcome. I, I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. And you guys, you guys are in for a treat. I've been studying up on Dave and what he does, and it's really, really cool. So um, if you don't mind, just in your own words, starting out with just telling everybody um, about you, your your history, because you're magician and mentalist and sure. you kind of transitioned. Let us know how all that went. Yeah, sure. Well, we won't, because we have limited time, we won't go through my entire chronology. But <laughs> let, let's actually start when I was eight. And then we'll go nine, 10, 11. So we're, we're not going to start before eight. Okay. Does that sound? Does yeah, that sound? That's yeah. As long as we don't uh, go to seven, because if we go to seven, we've gone too far. No good. No yeah. good at all. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, no, the truth is I got a little magic set when I was eight years old and I fell in love with the art of magic. I mean, not like maybe like your son who's like all, almost all boys and some girls at that age get a little magic, but I loved it. I knew in my heart, literally at that early age, that that's what I wanted to do. And it was funny. My parents thought it was kind of cute when I was eight, right? Uh, but when I was 18, uh, they no longer thought that was cute anymore. And I have the best parents on on the planet. I'm going to date myself here. And this was actually before my time, but I've watched like every episode of it. You ever seen the show Leave it to Beaver? Yes. Leave it to Beaver. So my, my friends would call my parents Ward and June. That's who my Aww. parents are. Yeah. And, and they're awesome. But, you know, they didn't understand the performing arts or anything like that. And so I got a, ne- a lot of negative programming. Like, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, you're not going to make enough money. You got to get a real job, you know, work for IBM and get that gold watch, right? That's what their vision of success was. And the, the, and I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners who are getting into their own business or have their own business are getting that even today from friends and family, like they think we're, that, we're, that we're crazy. And so that negative programming kind of got built into me. And I took a very traditional route. I went to UMass Amherst, graduated with a degree in communication, got out, and I was on, I got on in radio uh, at a radio station called WHMP Radio. That's right, WIMP Radio. <laughs> WIMP Radio. And I was on the air, and, but then I noticed that the folks that were making all of the money and really getting all of the respect were not the on-air people. Uh, it was the salespeople. And so I said, well, I'm going to get into sales. And I had no sales training at all. Uh, my, literally, my sales training co- consisted of the sales manager slapping me on the back, literally, and saying, go out there and get them, killer. And I, so I thought I hated sales, right? I, I thought I hated it because I never learned truly what it was. And on top of that, I still had this passion and this dream that I wanted to, to, to live to be a professional magician. And I was reading a trade magazine for magicians. And believe it or not, there's trade magazines just for magicians. And there was a little tiny ad in there. And the ad said, hey, move to Atlanta. I was in Massachusetts. Move to Atlanta and become a demonstrator at an executive magic store. So I applied for that job and I got it. And I went moved from Massachusetts to Atlanta. And I worked for a company called Magic Masters. And what was interesting about this company was we didn't sell magic tricks to other magicians. 
these were in beautiful hotels like the Marriott Marquis downtown and downtown Atlanta and the, and the Hilton. And they were set up beautifully like a magician's library in, in Cherrywood. It was beautiful store. So my, our job was to draw conventioners in, right, do a demonstration. And then if they wanted to learn the tricks and buy the tricks, they could buy them. Right. So our job was to really pitch magic tricks. And that's when I first started learning about selling. Now, not only one-to-one selling, but one-to-many selling. And I'd like to talk about both of those here today. And I became the top uh, salesperson in the company, which meant I could be sales manager. And what did that entail? Well, sales manager uh, <laughs> sales manager meant that um, when someone couldn't come in, I had to do a double shift. And... I, and I still wasn't living my passion. I was only making about, geez, I think 20, I think my top year, I made $23,000. And I remember driving home one day uh, from a double shift in Atlanta traffic uh, in the middle of the summer in my beat up car with the windows rolled down in my car. And the reason that the windows were rolled down in my car was because my air conditioning was broken and I couldn't fix it. So I'm sitting in Atlanta traffic stuck. And I don't know about you, Brittany, if you've ever lost it or if any of your listeners ever, but I, I like, I lost it uh, in, in, in the car. And I knew that something had to change because the truth was I was still skirting around the thing that I really wanted to do. Well, a couple of weeks later, something did change. I was fired. Um, from that job because the owner knew I had these entrepreneurial urgings and, and tendencies. And so I, now I needed to make a decision. Was I going to finally pursue my dream of being a professional performer uh, or was I going to get a, a quote, a real job? And I knew if I got a real job, that was going to be it, right? It was going to be like, to me, working for someone else was like death, right? I mean, it really is. I couldn't stand it because I wasn't in control. I didn't have the freedom. Only problem was I was only doing three shows a month. And these were not big Las Vegas type of productions, right? These were tiny shows. And so what I did is what almost everybody does in every profession. I thought, hey, I just got to get really good at my craft, right? So I would practice and, 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 and practice my skills. Just, and that's what everyone is taught, right? So if you just get really, really good at the thing that you do, you'll be successful. But then I heard something that really literally changed everything for me. And if people aren't taking notes, they should take notes starting right now. And they may not like what I'm about to say, okay? But it's the truth. And I'll explain it. And here it is. <laughs> it's more important to your success to be a master marketer and a master salesperson than it is to be a master of your craft. Now, that does not mean that... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be good at what you do. That's not what I'm saying at all. However, that's not an advantage until somebody buys from you. Now, it is an advantage for getting referrals. It is an advantage for getting repeat business, yeah. right? But if you, so that just, that totally changed my focus. So I changed my focus from uh, just getting good as a performer and practicing and developing my show to marketing. That's, and when I did that, and I invested in courses that I couldn't afford, right? I, you know, I just couldn't, but I did it anyway. And I went from doing three shows a month to averaging 25 shows a month in less than 90 days. In my fourth month, I did 57 shows in a month. 
in a year, I had paid off $80,000 in credit card debt I had accumulated. I bought a new house. I bought a new car. And I was living my dream. I was living my dream. And then what happened is um, entrepreneurial organizations started asking me to come and speak at their event to tell my story. So I'd go on stage in front of about, you know, 500, 800 people, and I'd tell my story. And the truth was, these weren't magician audiences. These weren't entertainers. But the truth is, marketing is marketing is marketing. Selling is selling is selling. Exactly what you do, whether you work with an entertainer or you work with a local dentist, they still need to get their personality across, right? Yeah. That doesn't make any difference what you're selling. Right? I was selling a service. My service just happened to be entertainment. And so then um, other business owners started asking me to, hey, can you consult with me? Can you help me with my business? Man, I'd like to go from th that same percentage, grow my business that quickly. So I started working with other business owners and I found that I really enjoyed that. Um, and I, I felt that I could make a bigger impact on people's lives by sharing what I knew, my knowledge about marketing and selling with business owners than I could from just being a performer. I can make a bigger impact on the world. And so very that my business very slowly morphed into, hey, this is what I'm doing now is I'm really training a lot of professional services providers, how to market their business, how to, and then most importantly, how to close the sale once, once they get a prospect in front of them. And so that's an, a long abbreviated version of my story. So that, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing now. Okay. The first thing I'm going to say is a little selfish, but I'm going to say it. I feel like I, I literally, I feel so connected to what you said personally. I it's, it's, it's really meant to be. I feel like that you're here because I've kind of just recently gone through that, <clears throat> excuse me, that transition and realization that you're talking about. So this doesn't mean that, like, I, I know I have a history as a, of a performer as you do, but not, you know, even if you guys aren't, you know, tap dancing on stages or anything, it's about like what you said, that, that realization of, well, the marketing being incredibly important and, and unfortunately not always the craft first, we think we're, we're confused on that, but but just realizing that you can do this transition and make more of an impact, but still have that thing inside of you, right? Sure. You yeah, I, I, that's a hundred percent right. And if and if you look, I mean, and there's a whole there's whole studies on this, you know, about finding. If you look at what I'm doing now, and I still like, because I was explaining to you before we started, I still get to do my show. So when I go out and speak to groups, so you know, I was recently in Italy. I spoke before three thousand people. And so I still get to go out and I'm still on stage. And even with webinars that I do, I'm still performing. And typically I still do my show um, like the night before I go out and speak. Now, just so everybody understands, typically I get I, I don't get paid to go out and speak. Now, when I went to Italy, I did and things like that. When we travel internationally, I get paid to speak. But I prefer not to do that. I prefer not to get any fee. I prefer to go up on stage and, and speak to sell. Right. But that's a whole other topic. But the thing is, if you look at what you're doing, you, you, everything I'm still doing is still aligned with performance in, 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 in some way. And I think, and we're going in a different direction here, but I think that if more business owners thought of that, yeah. right, as what they're doing as performance, as, entertain, as being entertaining, 
uh, that they would be separate themselves so they're not being a commodity. Now, like you're saying, I'm not talking about singing and dancing and tap dancing or doing a magic trick. That's not, I'm talking about the kind of stuff that you do, that you help people with, which is to get their unique personality across, which is really the only differentiating factor, right? So if there's, there's a bazillion dentists, there's a bazillion financial advisors, there's a bazillion lawyers, what is, what is unique about you? Right. And so that's what's got to come across. That's what I mean by 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 performance. Now, for me, I still get to perform. Like I told you, I'm speaking at a virtual conference and I'm still doing my show the night before. That should be interesting, doing a mind reading show over the over the computer. We'll see how that goes. Right. Um, but yeah. And so but so a lot of things, what if, if people look at what their passion is um, and can you work that into your business, into the current business that you have? So you actually love what you do while having a greater impact. And by the way, if your passion is, is performing, then you should go full out there. But again, you still need to market yourself, right? right? You still need to market yourself. Right. Yes, 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 yes to all those things. I mean, it's really, it's really insane. The things that you're saying, it's really speaking to me and people that follow me and follow the show know that. So they're seeing those things and the things that I'm talking about and teaching um, is this, this shining through your personality, your passions, put it out there. Like if, you know, we talk a lot about social media. Well, if you're going to, you're going to put something out on social media, like in it, and it kind of sucks <laughs> to be frank if it's mediocre if it's not you giving what you got and leaving it all on the table then most likely it's not going to do its job right and then, then that goes into the marketing thing so um but yeah so okay i i love all of that thank you for sharing all of that that's it really meant a lot to me and i know it'll it'll mean a lot to a lot of people Good. um so i would love to kind of shift and because we were going to talk some today about well, closing the consultation, right? So explain to maybe somebody new out there that what the heck that even means. Sure. And then just like go for it and give us all the knowledge. We're sponges. Yeah. So the, the folks who I work with sell via consultation. So for example, uh, I work with a lot of attorneys, estate planning attorneys as an example, right? So they're not putting, you know, putting out an ad on, on Facebook, driving people to a web page, and people are buying their product. Right? What's happening is people are signing up for a an initial consultation with them. Same thing with financial advisors. Same thing with uh, dentists. Any professional services provider most likely sells via consultation. I did. So when I sold my shows, people would call me on the phone. Right? And I'd have to close them over over the telephone on the service that I was selling. Right. And so what I love to do is give everybody the structure um, for for really how to do this in such a way that they don't feel and that they're not coming across as a salesperson. Right. So the the biggest thing that I have found uh, with with anyone who's in business, most people don't like selling just like I didn't like selling when I was in radio because no one trained me. No one taught me what it really honestly was. So. Actually, if it was okay with you, before we go over the framework, let's talk about what selling actually is yes. because most people bristle against it. I don't want to sell. I don't want to be a salesperson. Yes, I right? and, 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 and it's a big problem and it, it holds people back mm -hmm. because of the imagery of what they think a salesperson is. So they're thinking of like the used car salesman, the high pressure type of thing, or, or using tactics that are manipulative 
and uh, like from the 1950s and 60s yes. and 80s, yes. right? That are, taught, yes, that are still being taught. Yes, that are still being taught today. That's 100% not what I'm talking about. You're not going to be hardcore closing anybody. You're going to maintain your level of professionalism with the system I'm going to explain to you. But here's, here is the most important thing, and it's one of my favorite sayings. It's this. The difference between manipulation and persuasion is intent. The difference between manipulation and persuasion is intent. What is your intent? If your intent is to sell someone a product or a service that doesn't meet their needs, that's not going to help them, that they don't want, right? That's not going to get them the outcome. Then that's total manipulation. You're a snake oil salesperson, right? In my opinion, you should be thrown in jail, right? However, if you have a prospect who has come to you and has set up a consultation with you, who's going to meet with you, they have a problem that they want to have solved. And it, it, it's if you don't use every ethical strategy that you can, if you're not following the system, if you're winging it, you're doing them a disservice, you're doing your business a disservice, you're doing your family a disservice, and you're doing yourself a disservice. So it's my belief that you actually have a moral obligation to close the sale. And for some of the folks that I work with, they literally have a moral obligation. The estate planning attorneys, they can all tell you stories of someone who's come in for a consultation, the attorney doesn't close, doesn't set up the estate plan, person goes out, something tragic happens, and then their family's screwed, right? Now, you may not have something as dramatic as that, but if you associate to what you really do for people, right, then you have an obligation to help them. The more Zig Ziglar, the late Zig Ziglar, had a wonderful saying that directly applies to selling. Okay, and most of listeners probably heard it. I'm going to say it anyway because it bears repeating. You can get everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. That's what professional selling is. So you should be fired up about selling because there is no more ethical work on the planet than that. If you got a prospect who needs your help and you can help them. Yeah. All right. I'm off my soapbox there. Now we'll get into the. I'm so glad you went there, though. I love that. And that's going to be really helpful. And you're right. So many people do need this and they, they are worried about the like you said, are, am I being am I being sneaky and manipulating? I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so now let's go over the actual um, system. And you can stop me if I'm not being clear about something. We'll, we'll go over an overview of it. And I call it. Um, my, my system is called psychic sales. All right. And it comes back from my mentalist. Now it doesn't mean tarot cards and crystal balls and all of that. It means about getting inside your prospect's head and finding out what they truly want, what they truly desire. So we're going to start with b- before the console, before you actually even have the consultation um, with your prospective client. What happens before then makes a dramatic impact on how well you close and how easy it is to close the sale. So what you should do is after someone schedules a consultation on your calendaring system, whatever one you're using, the next step should be for them to fill out a questionnaire. The questionnaire should be designed to get to give you information that you need so you can make your time with your prospect very valuable as well as pre-qualify them. So for example, um, I was just involved, I'm involved a partner in a business where we, we do something with a large financial 
planning organization. And it's $5,000 a month for a member to be part of this, right? And so one of the questions that we ask is, can you, on the questionnaire, will you be able to make the $5,000 investment easily? Or is it going to keep you awake at night, take food off of your table? Because if somebody answers, now we can't do it, we're not So we're not going to have the meeting with that person, the consultation with that person, because we don't want to have that that person there where it's going to take food off of their table. Right. right? So what you the the thing you've got to ask yourself is, what do I actually need to know in advance that will help me maximize the time with the prospect as well as pre-qualify them? Now, here's the other thing. Um, there's a great book called Influence by Robert Cialdini that everyone should read. Uh, but he's he's got a, a premise called consistency, commitment and consistency. So someone has booked the consultation. Now they're going to fill out an application. So now they've taken another step in the process. The first step, kind of easy. Second step, we're asking for some more detailed information. Now they're 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 following through. The more that they follow through, the more likely they're going to be to show up for the consultation and and the more likely, the more of these little commitments that we can get along the way, right? If we can get a bunch of these micro commitments along the way, what will happen is that um, that'll help close the sale easier because a person has already done all of these things that you've asked them to do, right. all right? I call it compliance. So they fill out the questionnaire. The next thing that happens is they're taken to a video that says, hey, thanks. So it's you on the video. And this is something I'm sure you could help um, every listener with, right? So on this video, your personality comes across for sure. So it shouldn't be, well, thank you for uh, signing up for the consultation, right? It's got to be, it's got to be your personality coming across. But in this, you tell a little bit about your story, Okay, and you resell them on the value of the consultation, even if it's free. So now think about what's happened. They've scheduled a consultation. They've filled out an application questionnaire or or application. Then they've watched a video. Okay, so now they it's almost as if they know you before they've ever talked to you. So now we've got all of this, what I call pre-framing going on. So now it's not like you're talking to a cold prospect. You've got information about them. They've got information about you. So now you're doing the consultation, whether it's via Zoom, over the telephone, uh, when we could do it in person, uh, in person, the structure remains the same. So the first thing, there are four phases to the consult. Do you have any questions so far, Brittany, or am I just... Uh, no, I've been taking notes and loving this. Thank you. Okay. So the, the the first phase is called the meet phase. Okay. This is when you your initial interaction with the prospect. Again, whether it's via Zoom, over the phone, it doesn't matter. Here's what we want to accomplish in the meet phase. The most important thing we want to accomplish is to develop rapport with the prospect, right? So um, people buy from people who they like and who they trust. Now, we've already set up some of that with that video where they've watched you, right? And you told them your story and why you're in business and why you're so passionate about what you do. But now we want to develop rapport with them. And there's a bunch of strategies that you can use. Let me give everybody a strategy that they can use instantly, right? Now, there's there's more to it than this, but obviously, we don't have time to, to go into everything. But here's something that you can use immediately. So everyone should write this down. Um, people who are like each other tend to like each other. 
People who are not like each other tend not to like each other. And so what you want to do is you want to become more like your prospect. And there's something from um, something, uh, something from called neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, right? Uh, match, which is called matching and mirroring. And here's the premise that people who are naturally in rapport are matching and mirroring each other in many different ways. And you can see this. So if you, if you go out and you see people who are in rapport, they're sitting the same way. Uh, their, 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 their movements are the same. The other night, my wife and I are watching one of her crazy science fiction shows, which I can't stand. Right. But you know, I don't have much control over what we're watching on Netflix, but we're both sitting on the couch and I notice that I've got my arm and my shoulder sore because I've got my arm in this weird way. And I look next to me and Karen has her arm in the exact same way, right? So because we were in rapport, this happens naturally. But what we can do is we can duplicate that. And so the thing I want you to match and mirror to get started, and there's many, many different things, is vocal. Is, is how someone uses their voice because you can do it over the phone or you could do it via Zoom. Now here, I'll give you just one thing that you can um, match a mirror with vocal. There's many different things, but one of the keys is how quickly someone speaks, the pace at which they speak. So I want you to imagine um, this scenario that there is a, um, a, a top notch salesperson from New York City, from up north, right? And as you listen, people from New York, they talk fast. I talk fast, but I've slowed down from living in the South for 25 years now. But up north, they really talk fast. And you transplant that person to the deep South. And that person is talking like this and they're moving and they're grooving and they're talking to a Southerner who talks really, really slow. What's that Southerner going to think of that New Yorker? That's a slick talking salesperson who's trying to scam me. Now, the truth is that's not the truth, right? right? And they may not be thinking that consciously, but they're feeling it and, and because subconsciously. So what you want to do is you want to slow down or speed up your pace dependent upon what your prospect's pace is. Now, I'm not saying mimic them. So if they have a Southern accent, you don't pretend to put on a Southern accent. That's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. No, no, no. <laughs> right? So it's the same thing. So if you take a top-notch salesperson from the Deep South and you put them in New York, right, and they're talking slow, right, the New Yorkers are going to say, man, this person isn't sharp. I don't have time for this, right? This person isn't very bright, which is, again, not the case. Right. So, so the, the, during your next consultation, just be conscious of that. Just be conscious of matching and mirroring just to get started the person's voice. So if they talk slower, you slow down your pace because they're going to feel, again, subconsciously, hey, this person's like me. All right. So that's one strategy. But here's the most that's a technique. Here's something that's not a technique. The, the, the most important part of developing rapport with someone is to be truly present with them, to be truly present, to be really listening. I mean, I mean, really listening, not listening with the intent to respond, but as Stephen Covey said from Seven Habits, with the intent to understand, because people are not being listened to today, right? Everyone is talking at the, each other. So if you are actually really listening, then that's going to develop rapport because the person is going to go, wow, this person really, truly cares about what I'm saying. Mm 
Mm. And, and people want that. They crave that um, more than ever. But the only way that you can do that is if you have a planned presentation. If, you don't, if you're winging it, if you don't have a planned presentation, you're not present with your prospect because you're thinking about well, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do? What am I going to say? Right. And you're all, you're all in your own head as opposed to being a hundred percent present with the prospect and listening to what they say. So in phase one, we want to, in the meet phase, the goal is to develop rapport with the prospect, get them to like us and trust us. And then get them. The third thing that we want to do is get them to uh, agree to cooperate. And that means um, answer our questions truthfully, because we can't find out, we can't develop a solution for the prospect unless we ask them what they truly want. So then we move into phase two, which is the, uh, the diagnostic phase. All right. So phase one is the meat phase. Phase two is either the probing phase or the discovery phase or the diagnostic phase. This is where you ask questions to find out what the prospect truly desires. What outcome are they really looking for? And here's the key, everybody, on an emotional level. People buy emotionally everything. Now, you need logical reasons for the purchase as well so they can justify the purchase, but everyone buys emotionally. And so you want to ask a series of questions that gets to the emotional reasons why someone buys. So again, I'll give you one question that you can ask, like you can do this today if you've got a consultation with somebody. Okay. Simply ask this question, Mr. Prospect, Ms. Prospect, what's most important to you in blank? What's most important to you when you think about getting an estate plan? What's most important to you in developing a financial plan for your future? Now, if the prospect, typically the prospect is not going to go to the emotional reason, they're going to go to that surface level reason, right? Yeah. So if I was to do this with someone, let's say I was selling sales training, I would say, Mr. Prospect, what's most important to you um, about developing a sales training program for your organization or, or learning how to close better? The person will say, well, so I make more money, right? Yeah. Great. Then, but that's not the emotional reason. So then I would say, that's fantastic. So let me ask you this. What's, what's important to you about making more money? What would that do for you? Nice. Then the prospect says, well, you know, if I made more money, uh, then I'd be able to take my wife uh, on uh, this trip that she's always wanted to go on, right? Well, what's important to you about that? Well, and then we could really reconnect, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm working all the time. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where we're going with that? Now, now I've got the real reason why the prospect wants to buy the thing that I'm offering. Right. And here's the other key to this. This is where the psychic part comes in. They have now linked that result to me. So I've, by, by going deeper and deeper and deeper and asking the question, they are now feeling that emotion. And there's things that I can do to make that, make that emotion be linked to me. Right. So that's the, that's the discovery phase. I ask a series of questions to find out what they really want. And by the way, I've done consultations where what the person really wants, I cannot deliver. 
right? And if I know somebody else who can, who has that skill set, so I'm not a lead generation guy, right? So if somehow the prospect gets through my filtering system and comes on and says, well, the most important thing for me is to generate a bunch of leads, you know, that's not, I, I can't, that's not what I do, right? So I asked you earlier, so do you do Facebook ads? Are you an agent? And you said, no, that's not what I do. Right. Now I can do it, but it's not my area of true passion and expertise. Right. So I can find out that, hey, or if the prospect has a totally unrealistic view of what's going to happen, right, I can reframe that uh, <laughs> into some, what, what I can, and then they can make a decision about whether they, that they want to move forward. Right. So now we've got the discovery phase. We know what the prospect truly desires. The next phase is the prescription phase where we prescribe the solution. But I got to tell you, the prescription phase is one of the easiest phases. But what almost everybody wants to do is jump immediately to prescription, right? Because they, they've got the solution. I know what the solution is. And even if you do, you still have to ask the prospect the questions. Yeah. Even if you know what their answer is going to be, because of everything I said, you want them to feel that emotion. You want them to dig deep. And then you prescribe the solution based upon, only based upon what the prospect has told you is important to them. You don't add in other things. So many people talk, talk themselves out of the sale by adding in benefits that they think are benefits that the prospect really doesn't even want, yeah. right? And so you prescribe the solution. Now, an advanced strategy in the prescription is to determine while you're talking to them, um, which personality types are four major personality types. Now, your, your actual deliverable, the prescription, is going to be the same, but how you present it to them is going to be different. So, for example, um, I, I am in my category is Mr. Boss. So I'm someone who just wants the thing. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the price. And I'm going to make a decision. Right. I don't want to hear testimonial stories. I, I just want the fact, just give this to me, right? Yeah. Then you have Mr. Analytical, who's very different, right? And so Mr. Analytical wants all of the nitty gritty details. They need to know everything. So it's the same solution that you're providing, but the way that you present it makes a big difference. If you start getting into details with me about, uh, I'm done, I'm out, <laughs> right? And the thing is, most people prescribe uh, in in the it, based upon their own personality type, and so I've got to be careful of this. Oh yes, right. Yeah. So you're um, you're by the way, you're not Mr. Boss, right? Um, I would put you into the category of like a Ms. Fun Loving, right? <laughs> right. So um, social fun, right? So if if I can show you how this is going to be fun, how this is going to put my guess is that you're a very social person, correct? correct. Right right? You like community. I don't like community, by the way. So you tell me that you have a Facebook group and that we're going to meet. I'm out. I, that's the opposite of what I want. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. And so if I can show you how getting this sales training, man, you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be involved with a, a group of people who are just like you are trying to grow their businesses, change the world and help. Right. It's the same solution presented to the personality type. Right now, that's a little advanced. So just so everybody knows, there's Mr. Boss, Mr. Fun Loving, um, uh, Mr. Analytical, and uh, Ms. Go Along with the Crowd. 
Okay. So, and it's very easy to spot, right? Once you know how to spot it, it's very easy to spot, which the personality type is. And now you deliver the message in the way that the prospect can best understand it. Then the final phase of this, of course, is the closing, right? But here's the truth. Uh, and I'm going to give everybody my favorite close, right? This is my favorite tricky close in just a second. But here's the truth about all of this. If you follow this system where they fill out a questionnaire, where they've watched the video, where you've done the meet phase, they like you, they trust you, you found out what they want on an emotional level, you presented the solution that shows them that you can help them get exactly what they said that they wanted, and you present it in a way that they understand it. The close, unlike almost every sales trainer teaches, is not a big deal. It's not an event. It's just a simple part of the process. And typically what happens with me, and just so everybody knows, I sell packages anywhere from $5,000 to $50,000 over the phone with a single phone call, all right? So by following this exact system. And typically what happens is if you do this right and you've done the prescription, the prospect will say to you, how do we get started? Yeah. That's typically what happens. If they don't, let me give you my big close. And by the way, I only have eight and I teach only eight. And I barely need to go past this next one that I'm going to give you. Here's my favorite one. So this is kind of complicated, Brittany. So everyone okay. needs to really be paying close attention. Okay. If the prospect doesn't say, how do I get started? I say, now this is very complicated. I say, so what do you think? <laughs> nice. So what do you think? This goes against every sales training book that's ever been written. But yeah, you know that's kind of what I was thinking, but I like it. <laughs> right. But it works. It, by the way, it doesn't work in isolation. If I haven't done everything that I talked about, it doesn't work. Right. But so what do you think? And then the person almost inevitably says, how do we get started? I mean, it, it's really like that. Now, final thing we'll talk about, and then I can answer any questions. because I've been totally like not even letting you talk. But I get excited about this stuff, right? Because I know this stuff. Oh, yes, we're here to listen to you talk. Yes. Yeah, this stuff changes lives. The final thing is objections, right? So you're going to get objections. Most people fear objections. But the truth is you want to get objections because an objection is simply someone requesting more information. You haven't been clear about something, right? They're not going to raise an objection if they don't have an interest in what you're selling. So, but the first thing about objections is that you want to answer as many objections in advance. This is professional, right? So as opposed to waiting for the prospect to raise the objection, you answer it before they even have it. So we all know that we're going to get, if you've done any type of consultative selling, that you're going to get an objection. There's certain objections you're going to get all of the time, right? So... Um, I'll give you an example of exactly how I did it earlier. Now, I'm not selling anything here. And so I did it very, very quickly. But if you remember back to my core story that I told you, I said, I invested in products. I invested in courses and training, even though I couldn't afford it. Yes, I noticed. Right. That. <laughs> so, right. I said that. So that's answering the I can't afford it objection in advance. Now, by the way, when I'm really doing this, if I'm doing it from stage, the story goes, I was sitting in an audience, I was watching the speaker, I knew that this was the product that I needed. And, um, and this is a true story, by the way. And then he told me the price and my heart sank, because even though I knew that this was going to be the thing, 
that changed my life. This was going to be the thing. And by the way, I'm doing stuff. If people can watch this, this is a video clip you want to do. I'm pointing to myself, right? So from a psychological standpoint, from the audience, I'm saying, I knew that this was the thing that I needed, right? So I'm telling the audience, this is the thing, this thing, me, is <laughs> the thing that you need, right? Um, is the thing that I needed. Uh, and then I remembered something that uh, Jim Rohn said. And Jim Rohn, by the way, was Tony Robbins' mentor. Uh, Jim Rohn said, successful people invest in themselves and their education. And I knew that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to do what successful people did. And so I went ahead and I invested in the program, even though I didn't think I could afford it. So what's happened there is I've planted the seed because I know that some people, when they hear the price of my program, are going to think I can't afford it. Right. And what happens is the answer sprouts up in their brain because I planted that answer in there. Now, by the way, if they don't have that objection, that little seed doesn't sprout. So what I've done is subconsciously I planted that in their head, right? Doesn't seem like I'm, doesn't seem selling, right? There's no, the, the, no one's going to say, hey, wait a minute, you planted that in my head or right. That, right. A tactic <laughs> known as a tactic blown. But I can tell you. Every single time, every single time I get off the stage when I've done this, someone will come up to me and they'll say, you know what, I invested in your program, but you know, I, I don't know if I could really, I didn't think I could really afford it. But then I remembered that successful people invest in themselves, by the way, which is true. It's not manipulative. It's true. I did do that. I'm not making up a story. I'm not lying. I did. I bought stuff I couldn't afford. And then I implemented it. Right. So you want to answer as many objections in advance. Now, um, the, the, but if the prospect raises an objection, what you want to do, again, the complete opposite of what you may have heard or what is in every sales training book in the, on the planet, which is to give some canned response, which crushes their objection. It's ridiculous, right? So what you want to do is you want to align yourself with them. The di this is the difference between the martial art karate um, right, karate, which is a you're uh, attacking, right? You're going after. There's force, and the martial art aikido, where you're taking someone who's coming at you in their force, and you're redirecting it. Okay. okay? So we want to be the aikido salespeople, right? And so what you want to say is this: There's something called the agreement frame. The agreement frame is you can either say to the prospect, "I agree," and, or I understand and, or I can appreciate and. So the prospect raises the objection. If you agree with it, you say, you know what? I agree. It is expensive. And okay. then you go on to answer the objection. Or if you don't agree with it, again, we want to, we don't want to, uh, we want to stay in integrity. So yeah. you can, you can always appreciate or understand. I understand. Right. So you, you are aligning yourself with the prospect. You're not crushing their objection. Right. Right. So you align with the objection with I agree, I can appreciate or I understand. Then you got to obviously answer the objection, everything like that. Yeah. But it's just it's just so beautiful. It's an elegant way. And you're maintaining rapport. Notice the word I'm using. And the word that you don't want to use here is the word but. Because when you say the word, but it negates everything you said before it, Wow! right? So if I say to you, 
um, well, Mr. Prospect, um, I understand uh, you think it's expensive, but well, what you've just said is uh, what you've just told me, your, your feeling about it is wrong. And how many of us like to be told that we're wrong? Oh. Nobody. Right. So the example that I give and guys get this all of the time and everyone, all of the men in the audience chuckle. Right. You ask a beautiful woman out uh, on a date and you, and you get this response. Well, you know, Dave, I think you're a really nice guy. And um, I, but we know what's coming. Out, right. Yeah, Nothing's not happening. Right. So we never want to use the word but uh, in this scenario. I agree. I can appreciate or I understand. And. And if you do that, if you follow that framework, uh, you're going to close sales like crazy. But the truth is, out of all everything that I talked about, being fully present with the prospect, truly listening to them, finding out what they really want, and then showing them how you can actually get what they truly desire, and having the prospect's interest ahead of your own is the key to selling. That's professional selling. Right. I love it. Yes, you're right. You're right. It is. It's something I had, had to learn the long way. But I, the, but I just said, but, but using the word, but in general, it's like one of these words that can be such a, such a, a habit almost. And it's so nice to get, I've never heard someone say that. So I'm glad you said that because there's a different intention behind it. If you're saying, and, you know, I right. love it. Okay. This is amazing. This is going to be. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be so helpful. I really, I legit took notes. I'm not joking. I have, I have notes here for myself. I tell, I mean, hey, I'm learning too. But I do have, a, I do have a question that I think I would love to hear just a little bit inside of yours because I think that the people that listen to this show would benefit. And when it comes to confidence in this process, I, I mean, I think everybody understands the basics of you need to have a good, solid structure in your business. What are you doing? What's your business's message? What are your services? Be organized, all these things. But I know a lot of people that, that are in my audience have issues with that, having that confidence to just stand up and even, even start the consultation process and, and really put themselves out there. I mean, is there anything you can say that you've seen over time that could help someone that's really having a hard time with confidence? Yeah, so the first thing is that everybody... Um, has that problem for the, <laughs> for the most part. I, I, you know, um, I most certainly did, right? And especially in the beginning. Uh, now, there's a difference between not having confidence in your ability to deliver the results, right? And you're not having confidence in the process of closing the sale. Now, if you don't have confidence that you can deliver the result, that's a whole other conversation. Of course, yeah. Right, right. But if you don't, if you don't have confidence in that, one of the ways to gain confidence, right? And let's assume that you know that you can deliver the result. You're like really great at what you do, right? Mm -hmm. let's, we're going to assume that. Right. One of the best ways, again, is to follow a structure, because um, then you're going to be very confident in the process where people aren't confident. So imagine like, so as a theater person, how confident would you be if you did not memorize the script oh. and it was open? We've all, I've had nightmares about it, right? I've had, I've had nightmares too, yes. Oh, for sure, right? Like you're totally unprepared and there's an audience out there. Well, you're not going to be confident, all right? So that's, that's one thing. But let me give you an actual uh, really cool strategy that people can use right now. And again, it comes from neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. And if, if the folks, are, I don't think I've ever done this on a podcast. I do this in a live audience, but 
Let's go for it. They're gonna, yeah. Everyone's going to think I'm crazy here, but if you follow through on this, uh, this will work for you. Okay. All right. And we're actually going to do it. Will you, will you go for it with me, Brittany? Will you do it with me? I'm down. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So there's something uh, called anchoring, right? And so here's what anchoring is. Uh, I'll give you a quote, a negative scenario, just so you understand the concept. Uh, anchoring is when anytime you are in a peak emotional state and there's a unique stimuli, stimulus, is it stimuli or stimulus? I should figure that out. Whatever. Everyone knows what we're talking about, right? That happens at the same time. Those two become linked. So the stimuli or the stimulus, right? If that is triggered, you'll automatically feel the emotion attached to it. So for example, Saturday night, you are driving home. It's like midnight. You've had a great night out. You know, you've got your radio playing. Everything is great. And all of a sudden, in back of you, there's flashing blue lights, <laughs> right? What happens? Do you experience a change in how you feel and emotional in, in your emotions? A hundred percent, yes. Well, why is that? Well, that's because you have linked psychologically flashing blue lights in back of you means something bad, not good. <laughs> right? That, so the lights have been linked to the emotion. All right. So now we can take that and we can do that positively. And so I'm going to teach you something that I do. And then I do, I, so I did this. It was so cool in Italy, 3000 Italians and they all, it was all being translated and to see the whole audience do this. Okay. So this is um, my anchoring ritual that I've been doing for the past, probably 12 to 15 years that I use every time before I step out on stage, before I do a webinar. Um, and um, I've taught it to clients. One of my clients, a guy by the name of Robert Galliano, who is in financial services, did this exact strategy that I'm going to teach. Guy's not confident, just not a confident, right? He did this. He closed 10 sales in a row. He was so excited. He couldn't believe it. And the only change was this one thing we're going to teach you, all right? So I'm going to first show you the anchor that I've created. Then I'm going to teach you to create your own anchor. So I wanted to anchor to confidence and power and energy. So when I go out on stage, and by the way, you do this, you can do this before a, a Zoom consultation. You don't do this in front of your prospect, by the way, right? So you do this before backstage, before the camera's on, all right? right. So I'm going to show you mine. So uh, years ago, because I wanted to anchor this in, I wanted to come out and hit that stage with power and confidence and, 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 and energy, right? So boom, when I walked out on stage. And so here is what I do. I, this is my pre-show ritual, right? Athletes have a pre-show ritual. Why not, uh, why not us? So here is mine. I'm going to show it to you. And then I'm going to teach you how you can, uh, we'll just, we'll use mine as an example. All right. But then I'll give you the steps for doing it. So here's what I do um, before I walk out on stage. And it just takes a second. Now it just takes a second for me because the anchor has already been set in me. Okay. Right. Okay. So everyone understand that. So it's not the movements and what I'm about to say, that's the magic. It's that what I'm, the movements and what I'm going to say has been anchored into the emotions that I want to feel. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I do backstage uh, or before an important webinar or something like that. I, no one's watching, right? I do this. Shut my eyes. I rub my hands together and I say to myself, I'm going to get away from the microphone a little bit because I don't want to blow people's ears out. I go, I'm the best of 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 the best. Yes, yes, yes. 
and then I'm ready to go. Now, I don't know if you can notice a difference in my in my energy right now. Um, yeah. I'm not pretending. I'm not acting. Okay. Yeah. Now, when I go and do my my thing, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to freaking rock and close. All right. And so what I've done, so the way that you guys can do this and we're, let's all do it. All right. Let's have some fun with this. So what you, the key to doing this is to get into a peak emotional state. That's the key. And then you create this anchor, this unique stimulus that you're going to fire off at the exact time you get to the peak of that emotion. All right. So if you want, let's say you don't have confidence. What you do is you think of a time where you were totally confident. Think of a time where you were totally, totally confident. Or if you've never been confident in your life, how would you be breathing if you were totally confident? What would you be thinking in your head if you were totally confident, right? If you were just knew that you were going to, you were, you were incredible. How would you be breathing? right? How would you be moving? So when I set this anchor, I was like moving around my house 15 years ago doing this. All right. So let's just do it right now. You, you, you said you were going to play along, Brittany. Right. You said you're going to play along. Okay. So right. typically we wouldn't do this sitting down. We'd be doing it standing up, but we'll just do it sitting down right now. So what I want you to do is everyone shut your eyes and I want you to um, just breathe, just start with your breathing. How would you be breathing if you felt totally confident, totally powerful, totally in control? Breathe that way. You wouldn't be breathing shallow, right? Next is how would you be sitting? Change your posture, change your physiology. So breathe the way that you'd be breathing if you were totally confident, totally positive, totally in control. Change your posture. What would you be saying to yourself? Just build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up. Now, as you build it up, start rubbing your hands together. Build up the confidence, build it up, build it up, build it up. And then when you get to the peak, when you feel totally confident, totally unstoppable, clap your hands together and say, yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Now shake it off. Shake it (laughs) off. Okay. Now do it again. Shut your eyes. How would you be breathing? Breathe the way you'd be breathing. And again, just do it again. How would your body be moving? How would you be sitting? What would you be saying in your head? And as you do it, I say to myself, I'm the best, the best, the best, the best. And just build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up as high as you can, even more than the last time. And then clap your hands together when you're at the very peak and say, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you should see you, by the way. There's a total difference in you. All right. Now, here's the thing. You do this over and over and over and over and over and over until all you need to do is do it one time, right? right? So I don't need to, so when you initially set the anchor, you've got to keep doing it because what you're doing is you're programming your mind. Right. But then all I've got to do, it takes me 10 seconds, right? right? Boom, and I'm ready to go because it's anchored in. But in the beginning, when you're setting it, um, you want to do it over and over and over. And you want to get yourself out of the state and then get yourself back into it. Remember, the key is you build it up, you build it up, you build it up. And then when it's at the very peak, that's when you clap and say yes. So That's amazing. <laughs> so there's a difference, probably not the strategy you were thinking about. I was going to talk about confidence, but there you go. No, it's not. It's better. I love it. No, nobody's ever explained it that way. And it's so, I mean, but it's also not, it's not, that's not difficult. Like it's not com- complicated or confusing. And that's what people need because <clears throat> people probably think, oh, I need to go through some life coaching or something to be confident and to, you know, but sometimes you don't. 
Sometimes you don't. And again, confidence comes from having a system, following the system. And the more you do it, the more confident you get. So the first time when I'm when I go out and I uh, if I if I'm doing a new um, a new uh, uh, I'll use the word trick on stage, I'm not as confident as the 100th time that I've done it. Right. right? And so you've got to understand that it's better to take imperfect action. Right. What most people do is they try to do all of these things to avoid taking the action. Go out there, fail forward fast. Right. Take take imperfect action. So the first like marketing materials that I sent out when I went from doing three shows to 25 shows were terrible. They weren't good, but it was better than doing nothing. And then I couldn't close over the phone. So I was getting all of these phone calls, but I wasn't closing. So I said, okay, I got to adjust that. That's how it is anything that you're doing. You're not going to have confidence in the beginning. And the only way to really get it is to go out and do it. Right. Exactly. Perfect. That's, <clears throat> that's a perfect way to end. I, I, I love it. I'm good with this. Thank you so much. This is, um, like I said, means a lot to me personally, but also it's just going to be really helpful to a lot of these people. I know these listeners and I know that this is going to really, really make a big, big impact. Oh, that, that's fantastic. You know, I, I had a really great time. And do you mind if I give out um, where people can get it if they... That, yeah, was, so that, that was my next question. Please, please tell everybody how they find Yeah, you. if you're interested, um, I've got something I call my daily D-mail. D-mail, uh, email yes. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, you're the get your personality across person, you know, <laughs> all right? You should, all right. And so anyway, it's a daily. So if you like what we talked about here and you like this type of energy and this type of fun, I sent out a daily D-mail, which is all about, um, all about selling. Right? It's about selling your services. It's about you helping more clients, uh, about you making uh, more money. And I give you tips and techniques like this. In addition to that, if they go to just it's DaveD.com, D-A-V-E-D-E-E.com, um, when you subscribe to the daily D-mail, you're also going to get a really, really awesome report, which goes over a lot of what we talked about here, but in greater detail. Um, to get started. It's absolutely free. You can unsubscribe. Most people don't because they like it and they get a lot of value from it. So that's it. Very simple. DaveD.com. Unsubscribe from something called a daily email. I mean, (laughs) come on. (laughs) What is wrong with people? Uh, Okay, great. So you guys, DaveD.com, subscribe to the daily email, um, get all the information, get in the loop with Dave. Uh, I really, I really value uh, your talents and your time. And I, I truly, truly appreciate you. I really do. Well, well thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really had a fun time. I, you took me places that I normally don't go, including the thing that we just did. So <laughs> now that's going to be on an internet land now forever. So that'll be something. It's going to be in the interwebs forever. You're right. So if I ever decide to run for president, you know, that's going to, my opponent's <laughs> going to be putting that video out there. give me a call (laughs) all right Dave well thank you so much for being on the show I really appreciate it thank you Brittany holy crapola how great was that talk with Dave yes I just said crapola um (laughs) as you heard me say in my conversation with him more than once um it really meant a lot to me really talking to him. Uh, I didn't realize how much it was going to impact me as an individual and also my thoughts on my business. It was just meant to be, 
honestly, because a lot of the things that he said, especially at first, um, the beginning of the conversation just really resonated with me and a path that I've kind of like been on. So, um, wow. How amazing. Thank you so much again to Dave, um, for taking that time for us. You guys, this is a busy dude. He's got a lot going on and he took the time to sit down for the social sunshine podcast for an hour and just give us tons of value. So I'm so thankful. I hope that you loved it. hope that you got so much out of it. I hope you had some fun. He's such a fun dude. I loved it so much. Okay. You guys, um, uh, don't forget membership, membership, membership. Okay. You're going to get that first month for $8. If you use coupon code S B S S F I R S T, um, at checkout, you're going to get it for $8 the first month, but you have to sign up. You have to enroll by July 31st. It's only July enrollees that get that discount. Okay. So use the coupon code, go to smallbizsocialsociety.com to enroll. And then after the $8 a month, it's still only $28 a month. This is going to be something really special. I feel it in my gut. I know it. I'm so excited. I hope to see you in the membership. Thank you so much for listening today. This is a really, really cool show, you guys. Um, stay safe out there. Be well. Have some fun. Have a laugh. Cheers to you. And um, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.